Welcome to this academic life, episode sixty-eight. This episode is sponsored by the School of Engineering at Rensselaer Polytech Institute. Did you know that RPI Engineering graduates launched a digital revolution? Yes, that's right. The inventor of the microprocessor, Ted Hoff, the inventor of digital camera, Steve Sasson, and the inventor of graphics processor and a co-founder of Nvidia, Curtis Prem, are all RPI engineers. Hi, my name is Pania Newell. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering. Hi, my name is Lucy Zhang. I am also a professor in mechanical engineering. Today, we're going to talk about graduate stipend hike that's happening quite、uh, recently at many institutions. Before we get started on looking at the cost and benefit of graduate stipend, let's talk about what they are for those people who don't really know. Yeah, so graduate stipend actually plays an important role in any graduate student's life because it covers the cost of living and also it provides an opportunity for the student to be a full-time graduate student rather than being worried about working and take care of living expenses. However, some of these are. On semester、uh, to semester basis, and based on the student performance, and so it does not cover the tuition cost, and also in some cases it does not cover、uh, the health insurance. However,、uh, it provides a financial means for the students to pay for their tuitions and for their、uh, health insurance if they are not qualified through other means. So, do you mean that they come in as a almost like an employee? So they're paid as a at a salary, where they're paid for some cost of living.、Uh, they're paid also for the education that they receive. Yes. Yeah. So, actually, I like to emphasize that. There are some obligations associated with this stipend because you are now university employee. You are getting paid, and there are. Other obligations that all staff and other university employees need to abide. Yeah, so these obligations can come in the form of teaching assistance, or research assistance, or some form of graduate assistance while they're pursuing a degree. So effectively, even though they are graduate students, they're also working in some way. So in engineering, that's basically、uh, it's a free way to pay a student and say, well, you just do research and you get paid, and then you 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 get a degree without end up、uh, getting a lot of loans and、uh, like medical schools or law schools. So it's just like yeah, paying graduate students to get the research done or help with the teaching. Yeah. So back in the days when I was a graduate student. A lot of the stipends actually cover master's students as well.、Uh, nowadays, the resources are so limited, so they're now only covering mostly. I shouldn't say only, but most of the stipends、uh, are covering only PhD students, where they actually would be able to contribute significantly on the research front. I like to reemphasize that yes, so the the obligations of 
making progress on research is very, very important. That's how you uh, the students are selected to benefit from this stipend. And as you said, it's becoming more and more competitive these days. Just so that, uh, so I did a very quick search. Uh, typically, uh, as of today in 2024, uh, the nine-month stipend typically goes somewhere between 20000 to 40000 Some are a little bit higher, of course, but uh, typically they fall within that range. They're very much discipline-specific and location-specific, university research competitiveness-specific. So, of course, that comes in a very wide range. Oftentimes, that amount is used to attract the best students. So my next question is, well, if the stipend itself does not cover tuition and then the graduate students go to school, do they pay their own tuition or someone pays for it, right? Someone has to pay for it. So if they're a graduate student doing teaching assistant, how is the tuition getting paid? So I think most of the schools, at least here within the States, when the students are getting admitted to the PhD programs, their advisor is uh, responsible to pay for their tuition. However, there are some other like fees that some universities or some departments, the advisor does not pay and uh, they don't cover those. And the students, they are responsible to pay for those. And that comes from their stipend. But in the general sense, in it, most of the STEM programs, graduate students' tuitions is covered through research fund that the advisor gets. And that's why they are obligated to do research. They, that's why when they get their stipend, they need to make progress in the research. That's very true. I remember my uh, graduate school, when I was doing my PhD, uh, my roommate, uh, who, who was a PhD student in sociology department, because they don't really do research. They don't really belong to a particular research lab, because that's not what they do. So getting a teaching assistantship is extremely competitive, because that's the only way that their tuition can be covered. And at Northwestern, it was very expensive. So every single semester, she would get so stressed out about how to plan for my next year or how to plan for my next semester or quarter. So in STEM field, I think we're very lucky to have that kind of mechanism. I think um, maybe because in terms of attracting research funding, it's much easier. There are more uh, avenues to get research funding in order to support graduate students. So we're very lucky in that way that we actually get paid to get our degree. But of course, a lot of these graduate stipend are not guaranteed. So a lot of contracts that students get oftentimes are guaranteed, say, for nine months out of the year. And some, it depends on the graduate program and also depending on the institution, sometimes they're guaranteed for the first two years of graduate studies. Sometimes they're guaranteed for four years of their graduate studies. Some are one year, some are none. So you really have to, as a graduate student, not just don't look at just that number, but you also want to look at the terms that it comes with. Because 
it's becoming more competitive in getting research fund even within the STEM fields. And that's why everybody needs to be very selective. Most of my colleagues within here and also outside, their contract is one year because you don't know the students and you don't know how much progress they are going to make, how dedicated they are to their research. And I, I think that it's not just uh, the terms within that uh, contract. Also, it requires some efforts from the students to, to perform well, to guarantee throughout their whole uh, PhD program or master's program, these uh, opportunities, they last. Absolutely. I think the analogy is you, it's a job. So you have to perform. You don't just get paid automatically. So you have to perform in order to, to get funded. So similar to a job where you have to perform in order to, to keep yourself employed. So that's really the fundamentals. So the purpose of today's discussion is about the recent hikes. Many of us have noticed whereas you're writing a grant to support students. So as you can see, the cost had dramatically increased in the past few years. If you just Google uh, some graduate stipends increase and some keywords like that. Uh, so you, you can immediately find. Uh, so um, making a couple of examples here, the first one popped up was University of Wisconsin and Madison. So on their website, it says that they increased the minimum graduate assistant stipends by 14%. From the year before. So that's up and coming. So that's what they're budgeting already for next year. And they also have said that over the past 10 years, their campus had invested a lot toward graduate assistant stipends support. It went up 79%. So within the last 10 years alone. So you can see that is a dramatic increase. And I think that number perhaps exceeded the inflation within the past 10 years. So that's one example. Another one popped up was Cornell. So if you look at their website, their research stipend, I believe this number is also across the board, not just for a particular department. This is within their graduate program, graduate college. So they all get paid a certain amount and there's a huge increase. Yeah, I remember that a couple of months ago, I heard that uh, Princeton increased their graduate stipend uh, by like 30% or thing really, really high. And I remember that it was across the board, like 50,000 for the graduate students to be paid. Yeah, so many of these schools, including my school, it has been a significant increase from the last uh, semester. So what do you think drives this hike? I'm sure that in terms of benefits for uh, as a result of the hike is that you can recruit the best students because um, you, if you pay them more at the moment, uh, that's just simply attractive. The numbers are simply good numbers. And 
the reason is that uh, we're competing for the best students too. So we have to keep up with the competition for good applicants. Uh, good applicants all receive multiple offers. So this is where all those competitions all began. There's a big pool of graduate students and every place wants to get the best. Of course, with the inflation for the cost of living everywhere that we have seen and simply uh, increasing the stipend amount, at least you can cover the inflation, right? So that's um, that's the least we can do. And graduate students don't live off by too much. Like I mentioned before, the range is somewhere between 20,000 to 40,000. And it's a, it can amount to quite a lot of financial stress for graduate students, especially if they have families to raise. Yeah, so I know that also within academia, it's kind of very difficult to compete with industry and they have much more resources, uh, but uh, also this might help to uh, recruit some talents that otherwise they might join industry. So let's move on to talk about costs. So those are the good benefits that come from the stipend hike. The cost as a Researcher, as a principal investigator, uh, the pain is quite dramatic. First of all, like when you write a proposal, you are estimating the cost of upcoming years. So if your proposal you're writing is for the next three years, and then you're projecting out, so you're assuming about 4% increase every year. But in reality, by the time you get to year two, your institution increased the stipend or the tuition or both by, say, 15%, which we have already seen. Who covers that difference? You can't go back to the funding agency to say, well, our university increased the cost for stipend. Can you give me more money? Can you cover that difference? We cannot, right? Because the, the, the funding agency, that's what they give you as a contract. They, they cannot do it for every single contract that they had already given out. Yeah, and that, that's problematic because we cannot rebudget. Most of the agencies, they don't like that. And then also there are other urgent items in the budget that needs to be cut. And also, in my opinion, usually increasing the stipend it correlates with the increase in the tuition too. So we have an item uh, for tuition and then the stipend, both of them are increasing. So then you, it means that you need to cut from travel or publications or other resources for doing the experiments or computational resources that you budgeted for. Yeah, I think ultimately it's the same part. So someone has to cover whatever that difference generates. And also, if you have the same amount of money, so assume the institution doesn't have significant growth in the amount that they're planning to support the graduate stipend or you know graduate students, if they give a bigger size for each, then the total number of students you can support will be less. As a result, your graduate programs cannot grow or even maybe re reduced. So then your productivity becomes less and then become a perpetual <laughs> problem 
if you really want to grow your program, so you basically you may exchange quality for quantity. And at the graduate level, I'm not sure which one would win. It probably needs a good balance between the two. I'm glad I'm not at that level to make that kind of decision or forecast. Yeah, and also I see that this would be causing a lot of、uh, issues for the small program. Larger programs they find ways to cover those、uh, increases, like we just spoke about. Princeton, Cornell, I don't know MIT, Harvard. They have some other resources that still. It, I'm not saying that it's not challenging for them, but it's more doable to cover the race. But smaller programs, there is one faculty who has only one project funded through whatever funding agencies, and now they cannot. Afford that, and they don't have any other means、uh, to to cover it. So I think that it, it's causing a lot of harm for those smaller programs to grow, as as you mentioned. And then also, not all the departments in the College of Engineering are performing at the same level. We all know all the attention these days is in computer science, and they're、uh, within the College of Engineering. And there are other departments, you know, aerospace, chemical engineering, civil engineering, mechanical engineering. Each of them are performing at different level and、uh, increasing the stipend in each. It's not uniformly done. It causes more harm, in my opinion,、uh, because、uh, students they feel that oh,、uh, in the other department they are paying fifty thousand, and in my department is thirty two thousand or forty five thousand, and it causes more distractions on research productivity. That is very true. I don't know if there's a unique solution to all of this. I think it's very complex. You know, while preparing for for this uh, recording, um, I've read、uh, quite a lot of history that's been going on. Since Obama was the president,、uh, he signed something to consider graduate students to be employees. So ever since, there had been a lot of、uh, unionized graduate programs、uh, throughout the nation. So that's still ongoing. So a lot of that probably they're very complex situations. So I'm thinking a lot of that probably also are. One of the impact factors that goes into the stipend hike. All right. So I think we talked about the cost and benefits of the tuition hike. Now, of course, this is a ongoing uh, situation. Uh, we're all trying to、uh, adapt to this, and hopefully, what we're discussing today can at least give you an idea on where we are. And someday we'll figure out a solution and、uh, to really maintain the graduate stipend at a more sustainable rate, and continue to enhance our research productivity as a result. Well, thank you all for listening.、Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, School of Engineering at Rensselaer Polytech Institute, again, and thank you for tuning in for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life. <laughs>